Well, hello, everyone. Hello. We have a treat for you today. Um, we just got done doing a recording with Pastor Mark Rampula. We asked him to join us today to talk about the kingdom. And y'all, I don't, I mean, if you don't get anything out of it, I don't know what to tell you. Because I just <laughs> sat here and I forgot that I was supposed to be having a conversation with him. And I was just listening to him talk and taking notes because it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a treat. So stay tuned. Casey, I am so excited. We have one of our fabulous guests this season. Yay. He's here today. Um, it's my pastor, Pastor Mark Rampula from Southview Church in Spring Hill. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I just wanted to share a few things about you. I listened to this podcast about how to introduce hosts. So okay. it said, say everything you know about them, then see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically, I'm going to leave you nothing to say about yourself. Okay. You're going to have to come wow. up with something uh, fresh. I can't wait to find out about myself. <laughs> called Stump the Guest. Okay. Exactly. Who am I? Tell me. Okay. Pastor Mark is originally from New Jersey. That's true. Um, The Lord called his family here to Tennessee about 17 years ago. Yeah. Wow. He was originally, um, his passion is worship. Mm -hmm. He was a worship leader. But then, as the Lord does, he goes, surprise, I have something else for you to do. And he called you to begin pastoring a church here in Spring Hill. Yeah. And that Southview, it's been around for about 12 years. Yep. He's married 21 years. That one's easy for me because oh, Chris yeah. and I got married the same year. Come on now, 1999. There you go. <laughs> and um, his wife, Leanne, she's amazing, you guys. You yeah, know, you is. might hear something from her this season, too. Um, they have nine wonderful children. And wow. I think Leanne... <laughs> did, you know wow. did you know that one? <laughs> I, I, I think... <laughs> Well, I have a feeling Leanne might share with us when she comes on. The she story has a behind, lot to share. Yeah, those um, wonderful little kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're just excited to have you here with us today. Chris and I have been attending Southview for a year and a half. We love the fact that we get to call it our home. And one of the things that we um, just appreciate you about you so much, Pastor Mark, um, is your heart for unity mm. in the church. Mm. Um, that's that's big. If you are in Southview for a few weeks, you're going to hear that. That's yeah. unity in the big C church. Yeah. But one of the other things that yeah, we noticed immediately and drew us to Southview was that you love um, cultivating diversity yeah. within the church. Yeah. You're so intentional about that. And that goes across many things. You know, it's the color of people's skin, it's their ethnicity, gender, age, their gifts, their spiritual gifts yeah, and yeah. talents, their um, socioeconomic status. Mm. I mean, you, in my mind, from what I've seen, you and Leanne, but also the leadership, because I love it. It's not just you, it's all the leadership yeah. carries this heart. Good. Um, that you guys just, you fight for that. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something that even as we stand and look at back on 2020, it's like, okay. I think you need to be teaching other pastors how you did that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but anyways, we just want to thank you for coming Come in on today. Now. It's so good to be here. Listen, this is a joy. It's an honor. I, you know, I just, I, I love talking about the church and talking about Jesus and uh, I, he is the hope. And uh, so we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Thanks for having me. Yes. So today, this is just one of the other things that actually uh, Pastor Mark and the leadership of Southview Church carry is this idea of 
the kingdom of God. Come on. And that we as the church are part of God's kingdom. Yes. And so um, we we thought, okay, this will be fun. Let's like come, let's bring him in and talk today about the church and the message of the kingdom. Mm. And I honestly don't even know what we're going to say today. <laughs> yeah. How, how much time you have? I mean, we, <laughs> Jesus tried to unpack this in his whole life, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. Here we go. But yeah, so we're going to dive into that. One of the things we've been talking about during this um, season of not being in church, Linde um, and I and our husbands as well, I've just been talking a lot about what um, what is the gospel? What yeah. actually, like, when you boil it all down, mm-hmm. what are the foundations? What matters? And we hear a lot about like the gospel of the kingdom versus the gospel of peace versus the gospel of this or that or whatever. And we've actually already recorded a podcast with a friend of ours who is having some of these same conversations. And we really focused in that podcast on the return of Jesus. That if yeah. you take the return out of the gospel, that you're that you're lessening and cheapening what's to come and what right. is. Right. And so, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about was what is Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. So, what is the kingdom message? What does that? What actually? Does that entail? Wow. You, like when you guys asked me to do this, I thought, man, could you give me a softball one? Like how to raise kids or something? Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, I think we're, I think every pastor, every leader, every Christian is is trying to figure out really defining the kingdom. You know, I, I, I immediately was brought to Matthew. And in Matthew 13, um, Jesus speaks and he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven. And, and I wrote some of the things down. It's like a sower. It's, yeah, there's weeds, there's treasure hidden in the field. There's a pearl of great price. There's a net of fish. And, and he's constantly talking. If I could boil it down, the, the kingdom of heaven, there's tension between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world. And Jesus came uh, ultimately to bring salvation. He came to reconnect us to God like we would have had when we were in the garden, you know? And so Jesus was that reconnecting. But with all that said, Jesus brought tension. I mean, everywhere he went, there was tension. And I I think sometimes we look at tension as a bad thing, but Mm. like Jesus looked at it as a good thing because he was, I use this phrase, upsetting the apple cart. Man, that sounds like an old phrase, but (laughs) I don't know where that came from. But uh, he was constantly doing that. And the people that struggled the most were the church. Pharisees, Sadducees, they were all up on him, always showing up. And Jesus kept preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And so we now as Christians keep trying to unpack the gospel of the kingdom. What is the kingdom? And Jesus put it in his, he said, when you pray, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that leads me to believe that we are carriers of the kingdom. Our job is to funnel, to be able to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so I, that's a, a very daunting thing, but that's, I think we can do it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Two things that come to mind as I'm listening to you talk are um, work, like all the things you said are work, like mm-hmm. all the things you mentioned, the sower, the net, yeah, catching yeah. the fish, right, all those right, things right. are are their work, but not without reward. Yeah. Like, so it's not easy and that's the right, tension. But right. then also I'm thinking about this idea of tension and tension is what makes like music beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have that tension, you mm-hmm. lose something and, yeah. and, and tension in a story. Like if you're, if you're reading a really captivating story, if there's no tension, right. then it kind of is just like. Yeah, every you know, movie. like I That's live it. that life. It's just everyday life. Right, like right. who wants to read about everyday life? Right. We want to read something with tension. We want to hear music that has tension. So and, and until it happens to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love tension. Talking about it, not not going through it. Okay, 
Well, so here's one thing that I wanted to um, kind of talk about. So Jesus, when he came, all he preached was the message of the kingdom. Yeah. That's all he said, the message of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom. And so one day I was just really thinking about that. Like nobody questioned that he said the message of the kingdom or that he was saying, you know, the gospel of the kingdom. Nobody questioned that. Mm. And then when he, um, they questioned everything else he did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They asked him what the kingdom was like, but they didn't understand. Like for us in America and probably across the world, we share the message of salvation, Mm -hmm. you know, the gospel of salvation. Right. But he was talking about the kingdom. And then when Jesus, you know, resurrected and right before he ascended, the um his disciples said to him when will you restore the kingdom mm-hmm. and so i realized okay they're not asking him what does he mean by the kingdom because they had a kingdom mindset that's what they were looking for was the kingdom and i realized in my own life am i looking for the kingdom wow come on and so like I don't. I can't say that I know what that looks like, right. except that I know Jesus is the King. You can't have a king without a kingdom without a king, and so how are we as believers kind of missing it when we're looking for you know salvation from the church yeah. or the church to save us? When really, I think based on that, that we're supposed to be looking for a kingdom. Yeah. Well, one of the things the disciples got wrong quite a bit was they anticipated the kingdom to be a physical manifestation. Right where Jesus was going to ride on a white horse and he was going to just have a bunch of swords he would give out and we'd all take over Rome. <laughs> and that was the, that was yeah. the goal. Yeah. In fact, they they really everything got flipped on its head and things really started not making sense to the disciples as it got closer to his time to be crucified, especially as he's coming riding in on a donkey, what's happening here, you know, and and people are laying down their coats and the palms, they're believing this is our Messiah. They're thinking Messiah as far as battle, you know, that he's going to come and destroy Mm -hmm. where Jesus was like, the kingdom of heaven is completely different than what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. But the disciples... And, and, you know, as much grief as we give them because they betrayed him, denied him and, 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 and ultimately, you know, doubted him, uh, they finally got it. They finally got it and they really started getting it towards the end, especially when Jesus was resurrected, you know, that time period that he spent with them. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of information about it, but there was a lot of things that took place mm-hmm. from when Jesus was resurrected to when he actually ascended. And I believe in that time, there was a major discipleship course that yeah. the disciples <laughs> went through. It was like, I'm getting ready to leave. You better take this and do it right. And so when Jesus ascended into heaven, uh, he promised them the Holy Spirit. We know the story in Acts. It begun, The Holy Spirit comes and begins to dwell in them. And that was the game changer. Yeah. But they, at that point, started understanding the kingdom is not around, a, a it's not like a castle and an army, but it is in us. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the beautiful part about the kingdom is that it, it, it transcends in any culture, in any yeah. environment. So when Paul would get on a boat and they would bring him to Rome or wherever he went, he'd bring the kingdom. So it wasn't like he had, it was just almost covert. It's like the kingdom is in me. I release the kingdom. And so anywhere you take me, if I'm in prison, the kingdom's in the prison. Like, how cool is that? You can't stop that. Talk about contagion. That's a real one. You you put me in jail. I'm going to preach the gospel (laughs) and the people in the jail and the people in this country are going to hear the gospel. Everywhere the disciples went when they were persecuted, they ended up bringing the, 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 the gospel with them. And it was transformed from when Paul and Silas were in the jail and they began to sing to the Lord and, and the gates opened. They got the jailer and his whole family saved. 
So what was meant for evil flipped around because the kingdom was in them. You can't stop a kingdom that's inside of people. You can stop a physical kingdom, you know, but you can't stop something that's in us. And so Jesus was first and foremost saying the kingdom of heaven is in you now. So you have to spread the kingdom. Now, what is the kingdom? Wow, we could talk about for for days because the kingdom really is the gospel. I, I mean, there's so much layers to the kingdom. There's healing, there's deliverance, there's freedom, there's repentance, there's forgiveness. I mean, there's so many layers to the kingdom because the kingdom of heaven really is, it's it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. His desire in back in the garden was that we would commune with him face to face. That was the goal. That's why he created Adam and ultimately Eve. I want to commune with you. When all of that went kaput, because we know the story what happened. When we were, when, when, when Adam and Eve were, t- were taken out of the garden, God said, I want to restore that relationship. Yeah. And so he sent Jesus. We know the whole story of resurrection and, and life and, and, and redemption and salvation. But ultimately he was trying to bring us back into relationship with him because we are now, we are the city on a hill. We are the hope. We are those things. That's the kingdom. We are infiltrating this. In some ways, in some countries, in some places, we're spies. Yeah. I mean, think about that. We're not, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not welcomed, but guess what? It's it's progressing. It is happening yeah. because the kingdom of heaven will advance. It can't, it, it will not retreat. So if we as a church are the kingdom and we are supposed to be, you know, carrying that forward, I love that. I'm like, got goosebumps. Like that just fired me up big time. Like wherever we go, the kingdom is in us and we're taking it with us. What is the problem and how does that shift when we focus in the, I think it's maybe even in the States more than anything, when we, when we're, our focus is more on the church, Yeah, right. this idea of the church, the church, and, and that's good and well, but when that becomes maybe out of balance and it's less about the kingdom and more about the church, what happens when, when that out of balance takes place? Yeah. You know, the church itself is not bad that, you know, Christ came to, to, to build the church, to die for the church. The church is the people. And I think first we have to break it down. It's like, what is the church? It's not a building. It's not a Sunday morning experience. I've even tried to train myself to not say I'm going to church. Like, Hey honey, I got to go to church and pick up something. No, because we are the church. Now you could say, well, that's kind of semantics, all this stuff, but I'm trying to get my mind and my kids to understand that you are the church. You don't attend church because here's the beauty of it. If we start to get this, then we celebrate other churches because we realize we are the body of Christ. I wish I could put it into a terms of sports. I love sports, but like many times we, we, we look at all the different teams, Uh, big NFL, you know, it is NFL, you know, that we are all football players, but we are also on different teams. Well, we're still football players. And I think sometimes we have to break it down to church. Like, although that Methodist church is on the corner and the, you know, the Baptist church is on that corner and all that stuff, we're still on the same team. Now, the problem is, and this is where the the church mentality and the kingdom mentality comes into uh, collision here, is that we look at our church preferences, Okay. We look at our styles. Is the spirit for today? Is he not for today? We look at uh, worship. Like some churches, they're like no music in worship. For us, we're loud. We're going up to 11. That's how we do. But then we become, that becomes who we are and it becomes more important than the gospel. So now when people come to Spring Hill, they're looking for a church that meets their needs, their desires and their styles. And that is not the kingdom. The kingdom is preached and it is a gospel. It's what Jesus says in the word. We don't get to pick it. So I I want people to come and find a, find a community. How about that? Let's use that. Find a community that God calls them to, not what they feel. Do you know how many people 
would see their marriage transformed, their children transformed, their finances, their health, if they would just let God lead them somewhere, yeah. as opposed to coming into a city and going, where's the Baptist church? Right, where's exactly. the Where's the assembly of God? Where, we got to find it. It's like, no, why don't you let the Holy Spirit lead you? Because his kingdom transcends denominations. Now, I'm not against denominations, but I am. Because in some ways, I feel like it's done more damage than good. Because now we're so denominational focused that we forget that God's called us to partner with all people. So when we partner as a church with other churches, we partner with the basic knowledge that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one could come to the Father except through Jesus. Do you agree? Yes, I do. Okay, we can do this. Now, we, we can have different opinions about tongues. We can talk about, you know, are we pre, predestined or, 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 or God, you know, what are, you know, post or pre-trib? I mean, we could do all that stuff. But that, that really doesn't, uh, hear me out. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. It shouldn't stop us from partnering. Amen. It shouldn't. Yes. And I, I'm not even talking about doing a food bank partnering. I'm talking about actually <laughs> actually linking hands yes. together. Loving. 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 Come on. <laughs> wow. Look at that yeah. word. Loving, Loving and actually doing life together. Yeah. Because guess what? When every pastor puts their head on a pillow at night, they're worrying about the same thing. Yes. Exactly. Am I good enough? Am I doing the right job? Mm-hmm. Did I preach the gospel? Did, you know, all those things. But we break it down and we realize that it's bigger than this. It is the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is in us. The kingdom needs to come from us and we're all on the same team. We've overcomplicated this whole thing. Yes. And and that is the key. If I can get somebody to my church, right. then my pastor can preach a message and they'll get saved. Exactly. Like, and it's like, whoa, like you have the, here's the thing. We know this for a fact. The Holy Spirit abides in us. When we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. We know that. So with that said, Every person that confesses Jesus has the same Holy Spirit, not a Baptist, not Assembly of God, not a Methodist, not a (laughs) non-denominational Holy Spirit. He is the same Holy Spirit. That's where we have to come back to. We got to reverse engineer this thing and get back to the root of it. Now, again, some people like different styles. That's That's different. That's okay. You can say, "I'm I'm a hymn person. Great. That's fine. You know, I, 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 I like this, whatever that is. My, the way I preach, the way our churches is not for everybody. We can't get offended by that because there is different styles and things. But the thing that we have to remember is, it is ne- the, the gospel is never about our preferences. Yeah. And at some point, God's going to pull you out of your preference. And you're going to have to be forced to say, do I love God and I love the church because it meets my needs and it's like what I desire? Or do I love it because... God instituted it mm-hmm. and it's for our good right. and I want to learn from it. And again, the tension of it, the yeah. tension makes me stronger. Yeah. When our search for a church becomes more about our preferences versus his presence, then. Yeah. Come on. That's yeah. good. Put that we on a shirt. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Well, and I think what you're saying just that's fits good. in so well with, with what we've been talking about, just kind of, again, this overarching theme of making lives small, because if the gospel's in us, mm-hmm. then that, then, and this is, I've been preaching this to Linda, which she doesn't, I'm preaching to the choir when I preach to Linda, but I've been saying this forever. Like, like if we all actually do what we're supposed to do, right? like if each believer mm-hmm. actually walks this out and believes that they are the kingdom and the kingdom of God is wherever they go, mm-hmm. then as we touch our family and we touch lives in our neighborhood and interact with people in our community, if we're doing that well 
and good, then then it eliminates the need for missionaries and different things like that in in, in the grand scheme of things. Sure. If we're doing it to the level of perfection, right? right? Because we are the kingdom. Right. And so I think that if we're actually doing that well, like we've been talking about the season of just making our, our world small or whatever, that's what makes it okay because mm-hmm. we are the kingdom. We yeah. are the church. We're embodying yeah. that. And so as I'm as I'm talking to neighbors, as I'm as I'm spending time with my family, I am the kingdom of God in that moment. In in that place. Right. And if I'm walking that out and realizing that, and the words that are coming out of my mouth reflect that and reflect him, yeah, then I'm doing my job, quote, you know, air quotes, right. Right? right? But I just think that that's so important and we miss it. And I think what you're saying is powerful. I mean, if we all really grasp that, if all believers actually really fully grasp this concept yeah. that the kingdom is in us and with us and, and wherever we go, we're taking it, mm-hmm. then I think that that's the domino effect that really changes the world and changes the landscape, uh, uh, you know, politically, socially, yeah. you know, all of these things that are happening. This is what changes all of that. This is the tidal wave that then. Yeah, come on. You know, Casey, as you're talking, this is what I'm thinking. You know what the problem with that is? I absolutely agree with you, but this is where we get our problem with that. The kingdom is the king's domain. We have to carry as Jesus, as the king, as his dominion is in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. I do Linde's kingdom. Yeah. This just starts with us. Yeah. So it starts with the acknowledgement, Jesus is my king. Yes. What does my king want me to do? Right. How does he want me to live? And truly make it our heart and our minds and our lives his domain. Because if I'm honest, you know, I'm fighting all the time to not make it Linde's domain. And so just like that's our challenge. That's that's the iron sharpens iron. That's why we have these conversations. Yeah. Because we have to... Make Jesus our king. You know, we, we we have a hard time with kingdom because we don't understand kingdom right. idea. Like we're not under a king. So, you know, like when you were under a king, the king was in a castle, you know, and he would be in the center probably or the highest point of the of the city. And everybody just trusted the king to take care of them. And, you know, they would they would focus on the king and this would be, um, uh, you know, sons and daughters, princes, and princesses, and they would raise up and all these things. So, you know, I, I don't mean to diminish the kingdom of God to, to that form, but what we've forgotten is, is that his rule over us is good. And what he says is for our good. And when we trust that, then we really understand that, like you said, the kingdom of God has to start in us because we can never give out anything that we don't first possess, you know? And so like when I think about the Holy Spirit, the 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 the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Wow. Let's just try to work on that because like, like all nine of those things that is part of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let, let's reverse engineer this. The fruit of a tree, if it's an apple tree, should be apples. Right. So if we say the fruit of someone filled with the Holy Spirit should be love, joy, peace, pay, all those things, then we need to start there because now we can give out the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is the kingdom. It's those things. Now you could say, well, man, that's a lot of work, right? But in the process, because we don't have to, we don't have to be perfect at this. Thank God for his grace. We can walk out what we know. So if you're strong in love, joy, but peace, who I'm still working on it, let's love people. That's and in good. the process, That's let's good. let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us peace. Here's the other thing. 
When we're in a kingdom, everything that the king owns, everything in the city is ours, right? Because we're part of the kingdom. So we can now ask the Holy Spirit, I need more peace. I need more self-control because that is part of our inheritance. And that's the beauty of it. So when we get our mindset out of the church is what I'm allegiance to, right. the, the body, of, like yes. this particular organization, yes. and we start thinking about the greater organization, which is the kingdom. Now we have a greater understanding. Now, let me just say this because this is important to me to say. That doesn't mean that you can just float around. Yeah. I've seen this and it irritates me to all ends of the earth when somebody says, well, I'm just part of the kingdom. And they show up at this church and they show up at this church and they float around. That is First of all, that's confusion, okay? If you don't have, I'll give you an example. If I don't have a family that I go home to, like, where do I live? What do I do? Right, so I have to realize that God places me in a local church. That's a good thing. Just like when Paul would write letters, he would write to the church of Ephesus. He would write to the church of of Philippi. Those things happen because there was a community. We need community. We need to be part of something. We need to serve and we need to be, be part of that. But we're also part of a greater thing. I had to say that. I'm no, I'm glad you said that. I mean, the local church I, is is accountability, and yeah, I think when right. when when you're a floater, when you go from place to place, you lose first of all the sense of community, but you lose the accountability, discipleship, yes, all of and that. Discipleship, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's a good word. I just think it's funny. So we're we're talking about Jesus, and you know, as he's the king, and Pastor Mark shirt says Jesus is king. Jesus is king. <laughs> and so I want to go. Now. I want to go back back to that point about you know that we have to make our lives, the king's domain, so that we can actually be carriers of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that everything that is the king's and is in the kingdom, it's we we have access to it. Access, yep. And so I have to read these verses that the Lord's been wrecking me with lately. Um, This is Romans 8, 15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Yeah. And so um, it's just like what the Lord's been showing me. And I think that this is so important because I want to go into this next question, which is um, how does having this reality of knowing um, that the kingdom is, is within us and we need to bring the kingdom, how does it help us in the very day that we are living in right now? And I think this verse has been wrecking me because what I've been seeing is we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Yeah. We've received the spirit of adoption. We've been adopted into a kingdom, yeah. not into a system, not into yeah. you know something else. We've been adopted into a kingdom. Yeah. And it's like this reality, if we can carry this reality in our hearts, that's the opposite of bondage to fear. Well, let me just say this, Mike. So I have nine kids, like you mentioned, and they all live in our home. And so they, as my kids with their last name, Rampula, they have now access to the things in the home. So they don't, believe it or not, they don't pay for groceries. Okay. Uh, So when they open up the cupboard or they open up the refrigerator, there's food in there. It's provided by me and my wife. And we put it in there because we want to provide for them. We also do the air conditioning. We pay that. We pay the, we play the water bill. We pay all those things. What I'm trying to say is, is that when we are really understanding being adopted into the kingdom, now let, let me say this. 
back in the Old Testament, it was you were a of a Jewish lineage. Right. Now, when Jesus came, he grafted us Gentiles mm-hmm. uh, into the kingdom. So now anyone can be part of the family. Right. So as soon as you're brought into the family through salvation, you are now you have now have access to the things in the home. So the things like peace, you say, well, how do we access? What, what how does that work today? We need peace more than ever. That's right. So now when I am going through a place of fear or worry, I say, Holy Spirit, I want peace. You are the Prince of Peace. Would you just begin to reveal your peace to me? So now when I read the word, it's not like reading about somebody like, oh, wow, this Jesus guy, he was a good dude, man. He did some good stuff. Now I'm like, no, no, that's my savior. And he lives in me. So the things that Jesus did, now I have access to do as well. See, that's the beautiful thing about owning it. Because now you're not reading it, you're actually living it. Like when I talk, when I read about Paul, I'm going, wow, Paul was a great dude. But Paul's like, I'm nothing. Like I'm nothing. Like I'm just a, I'm a mess up. I'm a screw up. Look what I did before I got saved. Now all of a sudden I know Jesus. And and I realized that, well, that speaks to me. Okay, I can, I can live that. So I think we need to understand the kingdom more than ever because we need to access the, the tools that are in the kingdom. Most people in the church don't, I, I don't know the stats. I don't have stats. I, I, I can make up something. But uh, most people that go to church have no idea what they have access to and no idea how to use it. Most people in the church today that call themselves Christians have never laid hands on a sick person mm-hmm. and see them recover. Yeah. Most people today in the church don't understand what it's like to actually be free, to really be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, says that in John. We know that to be a case, but most of us were in bondage to depression, fear, anxiety, prescriptions, whatever it is, you know, yeah. uh, medication to make me feel better, uh, all these things. But God's word says who the sun sets free is free indeed. As kingdom people, we need to start to live out the word and grab a hold of it like my kids do when they go into that cabinet (laughs) and they go, I'm going to eat. And they grab those chips or they grab that granola bar and they go, this is mine. They don't ask me. Well, they're supposed to. (laughs) 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 Right. But many times they're just helping themselves. And you know why? Why? Because they're part of my family. They're confident. They're confident. And that's it. That's what people are missing. That's what I've been missing in my life. It's confident in who Mm -hmm. I am, that I am a child of God. Um, You know, all these things are not my savior. Jesus is my savior. And because Mm -hmm. of that, I have a place at his table. I think we used to say that a lot. And now you're going to love the body of Christ. Because now you see it as we're all on the same team. So now when I drive by, like some of my buddies are Baptist, Methodist, whatever, I, I, I love them. I love them. Yeah. And really, honestly, we probably agree on most things. Yeah. Yes. And that's yeah, the, the things that it. matter. That's I right. I mean, the things that like, yes. Yeah. I think that- We're all going to get to church. Well, yeah. Let me say this. We're all going to get to heaven yeah. and we're all going to be wrong. <laughs> I just realized that. We all are going to get to heaven and go, yikes, ah, that was awful a little bit. Oops, oops, oops. Yeah, I know, right? That's a good posture to have. Yeah. Try our best. We try our best. about, we just taught my my, uh, 10-year-old, 9-year-old, taught him how to make quesadillas. Okay. And like the pride that he has that he can go get skillet, get a butter, get some butter, get a tortilla and make himself something to eat. And yeah. he made it for his sister yeah. um, the other day. And he like the pride that he had on his face. He's like, I made this yeah. and I made it for her too. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about like that whole analogy. Like it's always been there. He's right. always had access to it, mm-hmm. but now he knows how to use Come it. On now. And then there's it's like good. freedom in that. Not only like I'm seeing him, like I don't have to make lunch for him anymore or wow. you know, his sister, but like also like now. the pride that he yeah. has in that, the excitement that he 
he has and what he's done. And so I think it's not only knowing what we have access to, but knowing how to use yeah. properly yeah. what we that, have that's, access to. That's, that's really what the church can help with, yes. is being part of a community where hopefully you're diverse in gifts so yeah. you can strengthen one another. You know, that's the beauty of being around people. And again, the iron sharpens iron, whether it's churches from different denominationals, but even you being in a local church, you being around other people that have gifts that we that I don't have, that I can be sharpened yeah. in that. That's why we need to be connected to the body of Christ more than ever before. Yes. We have to. So I want to wrap it up by going back to something that I was talking about earlier um, and asking you when Jesus's disciples said, are you going to restore the kingdom at this mm -hmm. time? But his answer was, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, implying right. that, oh, yeah. Uh, I am coming back yeah. and the kingdom will be restored. Yeah. And so I just would love to hear your thoughts on that because mm. I think that that is like the anchor to our lives is yeah. that this life is not the end. This right. life is not even the beginning. It's, right. it's just, I'm, it's, I'm passing through. I'm a pilgrim yeah. here. Um, I am looking for the kingdom. And when I say that, I mean the kingdom that when Jesus returns and he's mm. going to set up his kingdom. And for me personally, like, having that reality, like I, I see myself, you know, I'm like, there I am. I want to be with Jesus and I want to be serving him. I want to live for him mm. in that kingdom yeah. that anchors my soul yeah. when you go through hard times. Yeah. So like, yeah. just talk about that, Pastor Mark, and maybe share what your thoughts are that could encourage people. Like, it's just, we have to have those eternal eyes. Okay. Well, you know, the reality is, is we have to remember that this is the ultimate goal. I, I, I wish I could show it to your listeners, but you know, if we were to look at our life on this planet, we, it would be like just a small timeline. Mm -hmm. But then eternity is is just that arrow keep going all yeah. the way forever. And so, why do we live with such dedication towards this life when we should be thinking about eternity? So, although I don't know when he's coming back, Jesus doesn't even know. Scripture says. Yeah. Although we don't know it, we anticipate it and we should live every day as if he's coming back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. With that, how would you how would you live? Because how would you walk this out? Now, we also need to have joy because this is going to be the ultimate destination. Yeah. There will be no more fear. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more poverty. There'll be no more hate. There'll be no more division. I mean, it will be absolutely beautiful and we will be doing that forever. On the flip side, we also need to have uh, a real true compassion to say, I don't want anybody to not go there. Yeah. So let me say this to you, because I just got this revelation. The kingdom is coming mm -hmm. and we are, uh, we are agents to promote the kingdom so that everybody, when the kingdom does come, is ready to be part of the kingdom. And that's the thing. If we could look at it like that way, we're like, I'm here to promote Jesus and to promote Jesus. Everything else, scripture talks about all these other stuff that doesn't matter. It's like wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to be burned up. But what we do for the kingdom, and again, I want to say this one last thing, um, because many times we think, well, it's not a workspace religion. That's true. You, you know, God came and his grace has given us everlasting life. But scripture does say faith without works is dead, that there is this freedom, this free gift of salvation. That's free. I don't have to earn it. All I have to do is say, Jesus, please be my savior. But after that, there are things that we are to do. There is a mandate and we sometimes forget we are on assignment. Yes. We are on assignment to rescue those that are lost and broken. And so let's go. Yeah. Let's Ooh. go. Let's go. That's, that's a good phrase. That's like, I think so. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. 
Yeah. So thank you, um, Pastor Mark, for joining us today. This has been such a joy. And I know that our listeners are going to find the depth very fresh and inspiring. Mm -hmm.